Hey, DadBod Project brother, my name is Daniel Dezan and I am the host of the go-to podcast for men all around the globe that are looking to learn not only how to become healthier physically, but also mentally as well. I've been a personal trainer and a health coach for over 15 years and I've helped hundreds of men just like you smash their health and fitness goals. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. My intention by the end of this podcast is that you have more of an awareness around this topic and we'll get into what my beliefs are when it comes to this topic and I hope that you put some more thought into this topic as it's not one that is terribly exciting. It's not one that makes that typically makes us feel very good, but nonetheless, it is still a very important topic. So my hope by the end of this podcast is that you have a greater awareness on your own existence and your own life, and you start to put a little more thought into what it is that you actually want to stand for with the minutes, with the valuable time that you are given with your life. So let's get into the podcast. Let's have some fun and let's get started in three, two, one. Now, this is totally understand that this is a heavy topic. This is one that isn't going to be very exciting for you to hear about. It's not one that I'm going to be jumping up around, but Nonetheless, it is really important, and that is the topic of death, and when it all comes to a, a, an end for you, whenever that may be, uh, hopefully it's a very long time from now, what is it that you are going to be feeling, and what is it that you're going to be left with? So the conversation of death is one that is that was extremely uncomfortable for me growing up, and it's one of those areas that was, with, within my family at least, very taboo. I mean, there was a few topics of conversation that, and subjects in our family that we just did not speak about, and this was one of them. And for, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that is common, and I'm not sure if you can relate to not really talking about the importance of, of the kind of sticky, weird, dark conversations around death and that was my experience growing up and there was there was hardly any ever there was hardly any conversation about it and i don't know whether because it was never spoken about that i have developed this belief system that i just don't do well or i, I didn't i did very very poorly when it came to the topic of death and people dying and friends and family and i would be an absolute mess at funerals and I would ex absolutely hate attending them. Not that now that I absolutely love them, but I used to be very fearful of going to funerals because it was just an area that I, I just pretended never existed because I guess the contributing factor was it was never ever spoken about and, and there was never any conversations around it. Now, I was doing a little bit of homework on this topic and there was a sociologist, I'm not sure if he's still around, by the name of Philip Arias. And his belief on this topic is one that I believe to be true as of recent. And that is that we live in a death denying society. And what that means is that we refuse to accept the unavoidable reality that we aren't going to make it out of this alive, that we there is going to be a time where we all die. And I think I have kind of felt this probably for the last 
four to five years of, I've realized this to be true, that the way that we speak, the way that we behave around the topic of death makes me think that, makes me uh, actually agree with, with, um, with Philippe's idea on this death-denying society. And, and we see it all the time when we talk about People in the news, you know, people, you know, talk, passing away with the whole COVID and diseases and sicknesses and stuff. And it's obviously not never a good thing when someone passes away with a particular illness or for whatever reason that they do pass away. But it's almost like we're in a complete shock that people die. And we have almost denied the, that part of our life where it's like we, we, we're born, we live, and, and then we die. But it's like we've almost chosen as a society to completely neglect or, or not or just disregard the the important part of our life where we actually cease to exist. And uh, I completely agree with how we just deny the unavoidable topic and um, and the whole idea of us not being around forever. And sometimes I feel like we carry on and we live with, our, with a, a life and a belief system that it's never going to happen to us, which of course it, it is going to happen to all of us and it's completely unavoidable. So that was his idea on how we, we just refuse to accept that death is a part of living. So that's why I feel that it's important as a man, as a fellow man, that we start to become more conscious and more intentional with our lives, with what we're doing with our days, with our weeks, with our months, with our years, with our life on, you know, what not, not pretending like this shit goes forever and not pretending living a life like we can just put it off till tomorrow. Because the reality is this, like we are not guaranteed shit. Like you're not guaranteed anything, neither am I. Like we're not guaranteed that we're going to be around for, you know, X amount of time, you know, and, and sadly when, you know, friends and family have around us have passed away, you know, we are in complete shock because it's almost like we expect them to just be there the next day and the next day and the next day. But the reality is that that's not, that's not how the world works and that's not how life works. And I think that it's more, more important now, nowadays when we're starting to hear of, you know, with COVID cases and people passing away, people dying every single day of various diseases and illnesses and old age. And yes, it is completely sad. Yet I think that it is more important, most important as a man to start to become more conscious and aware of being more intentional with intentional with your time and what it is that you're actually doing and, and stopping, stopping this idea and pretending that we live forever and stop and, and that you stop putting things on the back burner. And I hear quite often I'll start tomorrow I'll start I'll start my diet on Monday I'll start this and it's like we just have this automatic belief system that there is going to be a tomorrow and there is going to be a Monday but the reality is there is not and no one can guarantee that not me not you no one so the topic of death became a whole lot easier for me and I still don't do very well with it and I still don't enjoy going to funerals and I don't think that will ever change but the topic became a lot easier to discuss and and talk about when I started to get together with my now wife, Melissa, and she'd had a completely different experience to the topics, these kinds of taboo topics in the family of death and sex and money and all of those 
topics and they freely spoke about the topic of, of death and had those kind of weird and dark, not weird, what was, I guess it was weird for me, dark, not so fun conversations around like, what what does the person want when they pass away you know what do they what wants to happen what needs to happen with their will what happen happens with the assets i mean all those kinds of things that no one really puts too much thought into until they're put in a position where the person is no longer there and they have to make important decisions in in a state of grief on of heavy grief because they are mourning the the death of the person and the reason why i'm bringing this up is that melissa introduced the more conversations when we first started getting together around and when our our relationship became a little bit more serious and she went from a girlfriend to now a wife there started to be the conversations on like what do you want like when you die and initially it was like fuck like why do you why do you have to talk to me about shit like this you know like why can't we just like live and that was just like my belief system growing up as a kid on how like we just pretended that I guess that never really was important kind of conversation. And of course, it is an important conversation. It's not a fun one, but it's an inevitable one, whether it's done now when the person is alive or later on when they are not alive and you are in a state of grief having to make the decisions. Nonetheless, you're going to be having to make the decisions. So being around Melissa helped me to understand the importance of these kinds of conversations. And I don't find them necessarily easier nowadays, but they are a whole lot better than what I used to be, how I used to feel when the topic of death used to come around. So that's my experience with the conversation of death and deathbed questions. And I want to bring to your attention now a lady by the name of Bronnie where or were or where she was a palliative i don't know if she's still around she was a palliative care worker and she actually wrote a book and a book that she wrote was on her experience of interviewing a whole bunch of people that were terminally ill that were in palliative care which of course means that they don't have much longer to live And she wrote down in this book the five main regrets that people have when they are on their deathbed, when they are about to cease to exist. And I wanted to share them with you because my hope is that you put some more thought into what these five regrets actually were that Bronnie mentions in this book. And maybe some of them will resonate with you. And if you are like me, all of them resonated with me on things to consider while still alive and not waiting and being reactive to the state of when eventually you are on your deathbed and you maybe might have regret. Because I'll tell you something, I don't have, these days I don't have many fears. I I really don't. I don't have many fears, but one of my greatest is is actually getting to the end of it all, being on my deathbed and having massive amounts of regret, massive amounts of guilt of things that I should have done, things that I should have said, things that I should have accomplished, things that I shouldn't have been so scared to speak up about, to do, to say, to have, to be, all of those. And I am very, very worried and scared that 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 doesn't happen. And I try my very best every single day to live with that intention that I don't want to get to the end of it all for myself and have regret and have guilt around 
things that I did or did not do with my life. So I want to share with you now what the five main regrets that Bronnie mentions in her book as a palliative care worker, dealing and interviewing with hundreds of people that were on literally on their deathbed. And number one, the first regret that Bronnie mentions in her book is that they these these patients said, I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself and not as others expected of me. And I can very much resonate with this as a coach for as long as I've, I've been a personal trainer and health coach now for 14 years. I speak and deal with, obviously, I've dealt with hundreds and maybe even thousands of people along that 14 years. And I hear time and time again of people that have the, these, this regret and built up resentment almost around not living and not doing and making decisions with their life on what they truly wanted and more so to appease their friends or their family or, or both. And quite often it goes again, it went, go, went against what their beliefs and what their what their judgments were what they wanted to actually do so having the courage to live a life true to myself and not living in the shadows of something else or someone on or your sister or your brother or your mom or your father and literally just carving your own time and existence on what you're doing and I think that that is one that we can all resonate with because I think we have all been in a position many times with our lives where we have done things and we have said things and just to appease other people, whether it be friends or family or our sister or our brother or our mom or our father. And this is a good reminder even for myself to be more intentional with what I'm doing with my time because at the end of the day, when it, when it comes to an end and the curtains close and you're on your deathbed, you're literally, you are on your own. You're not with anyone else that you perhaps made these other decisions that you didn't want to, but just to appease them, you did anyway. They're not going to be there. You will be there with on your own. The second regret that... Bronnie talks about is I wish I hadn't worked so hard. This was this was one that again I have witnessed my parents, I have witnessed anyone in their in the um that that's getting getting older with their life in their 50s and 60s mentions quite often is that they had I had a really strong work ethic which was great but it overflowed into every area of their life and it consumed them to the point that they left no time for anything else other than just work 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 and I'm not suggesting that you stop working and that you'd stop providing for your family as a man, as a provider, as a husband, as a father. I'm not suggesting that at all. But what I am suggesting is that you find that difficult balance between working to provide for your family, but not overworking, that you completely squander all of your time that you that you should be spending with your family. Some more of that time that you should be spending with the family. So I wish I hadn't worked so hard. The third regret that Bronnie talks about is I wish I had the courage to express my feelings to others and to myself. And that is one that I can highly, highly resonate with because I have been in the situation many times, especially when I have wanted to express how I felt about a particular situation and really say how I felt, but I didn't 
out of me not wanting to hurt the other person's feelings, not wanting to rock the boat, keep the peace, whatever it may be. And these people talk about the courage to express their feelings, no matter what the kind of repercussions are and not and not really caring as much as is wanting to, you know, not wanting to not wanting to upset the person on the receiving end of being more courageous with being open and honest about how you're feeling with a particular situation. Because the problem that I found is that if we continue to not have the courage to express how we really feel and say the things that we really want to say that we kept that we keep internalizing that and that builds up and that builds up and that builds up and eventually it explodes like a wound up elastic band so one way or the other it comes out and i think that it's a far better system to just make sure that you are more open and honest in the moment rather than allowing yourself to build up and build up and then eventually explode down the track in in uh, in what we see happens so often with so many family and friend dynamics. The fourth regret that these palliative care patients had was, I wish I stayed in touch with friends. And we are social creatures and we are social beings and we were designed to be around a a community, a tribe, a, a bunch of other people. And I think more so nowadays, we have so much access to be able to communicate with others, yet we are at an all-time high with feelings of loneliness, feelings of disconnect, and feelings of isolation. And it's like, it's a little weird because we are living in a time where it's so easy to communicate with someone on the other side of the planet, and it's so easy to have pick up the phone and get stuck into a video call with someone. So I think that if we start to become more intentional on actually physically catching up with friends and family and not just relying on things like video calls and um, and having that physical intimacy with our friends and with our family, I think that this will start to bring back more more good feelings and and go back to our roots of what we used to do as as you know cavemen as caveman people when we had no internet and no phones and no Netflix and believe it or not there was a time where that kind of society existed and this is a a good reminder of these people that had had a lot of regret on not staying in touch with their friends the fifth one that i want to share with you and the last regret that Bronnie talks about with working with the palliative care patience is i wish i had let myself be happier and given myself the permission for more happiness and i think that it would be and I'm sure you would agree as well. I think that it would be a very, very sad feeling to get to the end of it all and not feel like you'd let yourself and get you not like feel like you gave yourself the permission to live a happier, more inspired life. And obviously, with this being one of the top five regrets, a lot of people she found felt the exact same way as well. So my hope with today's podcast is that yes. It was a little bit deeper. Yes, it wasn't necessarily fun. Totally get that. But it was a very, very important kind of topic, especially as a man. You are most likely a father. You are a provider. You have people 
living people that you live with most likely that rely on you and your time and value you and your time. And I think that it is your responsibility. It's my responsibility to make sure that we step up, take responsibility, take on that huge responsibility as a man, as a provider, as a father and make sure that we live with a more intentional life to make sure that by the time we get to the end of it all, that we don't have regret, that we don't have guilt, that we don't have these feelings that I mentioned that Bronnie talks about and all these feelings of I should have, I could have, I would have and getting to the end of it all and and be satisfied with actually how you lived your life and most importantly, how you spent that time with your life as well. And I hope that you now have more of an awareness on this topic. And again, it's not the most fun topic to think about yet. It's so important. And whether you like it or not, or whether you agree with it or not, it's it's going to happen to all of us and death is inevitable. And I hope that you got some value out of this and you start to put more thought into this topic of your mortality. And I don't think that that should make you sad. I think that should more inspire you to actually make your minutes count, to make your hours count, to make your days, your weeks, your months, however long you've got on this planet. I think that it should inspire you to know that you aren't going to be here forever, but you do have an opportunity. You have an opportunity to make something great of yourself and leave a lasting impact with many, many people, many friends, many family, leave a legacy behind that you can be proud of so that when you are on that deathbed of yours and your life is coming to an end that you can be very grateful, very proud, have no regret, have no guilt with a life well lived. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I truly hope that you got value as and I I truly hope that you got something out of it as much as I enjoyed covering this topic And as challenging as it is as a topic, I encourage you to embrace it and make the most out of your time. That's it from me, from Coach Daniel from the Dad Bod Project. I really appreciate you tuning in today. I really appreciate you thinking and pondering on this topic. And most importantly, I hope you do something different with your life to make sure that you get to the end of it all and you felt like you lived the fucking best most inspired existence and you left uh, a positive influence on the world and you left the world a better place than when you entered it. That's it from Coach Daniel from the Dad Bod Project. Have a beautiful rest of the day and we will chat soon. Ciao. Thank you so much for tuning into the Dad Bod Pod podcast, the number one podcast for learning exactly how to live a long, strong and healthy life as a modern day man. If you are getting value and want to work with me and my team to learn how to accelerate those precious health and fitness goals of yours, then what I want you to do is go to my Instagram at the.db.project and DM me with the words dadbod. Or if Facebook is more your jam, then why not slide into my DMs with the words dadbod to my personal account under the name Daniel Dezen, D-E-Z-E-N. Our mission is to help busy men get more active and help them love who and what they see in the mirror all over again. So go to my Instagram at the.db.project or my Facebook page and DM me with the word dadbod and me and you can have a chat to help put you on the right correct path for those health and fitness goals of yours.